Oh, dear Daniel, when will you return home to your tabletop, Tim? You're going to miss the 100th episode. I'm home. I was so worried. But where have you been? And what's in that box? I was a fool. I wanted the fame, the fortune, the glory of being a guest on the Probably Bad podcast. But I came to apologize. So I'm just a ghoul, standing in front of a boy with a little apology present. What is it? I brought you a person. But I had lots of help from my co-conspirators. I mean, patrons. Like, uh, Scribbles and Carlo... Hello and welcome to the 100th episode of the Proly Bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm still pencil. I remain paper. And I'm Jenna. <laughs> Did, was that pause for me? <laughs> you both looked at me so inspectantly, but neither of you will call the police. And I don't understand why you have trapped me in this box. I was kidnapped and brought here. And I'm I'm fine podcasting, but y'all are just being like so chill about this. Well, you know, sometimes Dean Daniel just kind of does his own thing. I that feels like such a boys will be boys answer. <laughs> Can I offer you a cup of tea? Would that help? That would help immensely. Yes, actually, that would be wonderful. Can I offer you a series of trivia questions regarding our podcast? Oh my god, yeah, that would be so soothing. <laughs> it would be such a, that's, that's such a relaxing, stress-free experience. A cup of tea and a series of trivia questions would be incredible. But before we do trivia, we do have a probably bad RPG idea. Ooh. And it is. It's the zombie apocalypse. Most people are working on taking out zombies, finding shelter, or escaping the city. But you've got a bunch of spray cans, and it's your duty to spray ominous cryptic graffiti everywhere to make sure that the ruins <laughs> fully fit the genre. As someone who's currently trapped in an ominous cryptic booth, which I assume has creepy graffiti everywhere, <laughs> the opinion on this? I think this is an incredible idea because, you know, somebody because just because the apocalypse happens doesn't mean people are going to stop caring about aesthetics and more than ever, people are going to want to leave their mark on the world. So I think this is a prime a really the primest time to start graffitiing. Like when everyone gets really dedicated to the aesthetic, like everyone is immediately in bondage gear, there's creepy messages yeah. everywhere. Bedraggled clothing. Yeah, like there must be a bunch of people who have just been waiting for this their entire life. Just now I finally get to dress like a weirdo. <laughs> I definitely, I feel like I know like a lot of people in in real life right now who are just like if this goes down tomorrow they like hit a secret switch in their in their bedroom and a secret wardrobe flips out and it's just full on zombie apocalypse gear they've got a hammer or they've got a, a bat with a bunch of nails stuck through it they are like ready to go see what i'm wondering is if there's some sort of if there's a group of that sort of person enforcing this because it did say your duty 
Oh. Like, is, see, this, is this like a self-inflicted duty or is there like a department of ominous graffiti in the future? <laughs> that feels really well organized. I guess I'm, I was considering it as sort of like a postman. Have you, all, have you seen the sci-fi movie, The Postman? I haven't seen any movies. I'm, I'm aware of the concept. Never seen any movies. Okay, that's the most important part. Um, it's a movie in which, uh, God, what's his name? Not Kiefer Sutherland. Is the guy Kevin who played Cosner? Robin Hood. It is Kevin Cosner. Thank you for knowing that. Uh, yeah, it's Kevin Cosner. Uh, and he plays a mailman. It's like the post-apocalypse and he's trying to reunite communities by becoming a male person and like taking mail from community to community. And it's a weird one. But I mean, it's in like a really boring way. It's not, we're not going to describe it as an exceptional movie, but it's one I often think about in reference. So maybe I need to revisit it. But I'm, I'm imagining it's that. It's like somebody who has taken it upon themselves to uphold this tradition of graffiti. Like, yeah, you've seen the okay. world's end. It's like, like a calling. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know what my position is in this new world. I'm going to make everything gnarly. Yes, exactly. This everything is kind of spooky abandoned, but there needs to be traces of humanity and that trace mm. why that trace is me. I love this. You've got the like the people playing death games, the people driving around the wasteland in weird cars. Where are they getting the petrol? No one knows. And then you've got the gnarly patrol. Yeah. I do really like the idea of, like, it's like the standard post-apocalyptic thing, all the buildings are burnt out husks, there's, like, raiders, there's green there. and then it turns out the apocalypse actually only happened 30 minutes ago, and <laughs> it's really dedicated. Like, like, it goes, like, 20 feet to the left, and there's just, like, a perfectly nice little town. <laughs> I mean, I've lived in some cities that yeah, are basically that. that. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Hunger Games theory that the rest of the world is just normal. Ah, I mean, I th there's a famous saying that's like the future is here, it's just not evenly distributed. The same is true for the apocalypse. The, the apocalypse mm -hmm. is already here, it's just not evenly distributed. But it's not zombies yet. Not zombies yet. Still time. If you, uh, if you if we get 10,000 patrons, we will unleash the zombie virus. You need to stop promising to end the world when we hit 10,000 patrons. If we yeah, hit 100,000 patrons, I will stop promising to end the world if we get patrons. Wow, what an incentive. <laughs> um, for those of you desperate for the chance to spray creepy graffiti on a burnt-out building. Um... I've got great news is that you can already do that. <laughs> you, you can, you can, you can just already do that. Live your dreams. Yeah. Graffiti. Yeah. Live your dreams, spray graffiti, cause the apocalypse. I feel we should in some way turn this back to RPGs because I think currently what we're going into mm. is like mm -hmm. organizing crime. Yeah. I think like, I, I like the idea of doing this in World of Darkness. Mm. Okay. Like, you've you've discovered that say vampires are real, and your way of coping is this weird graffiti about protecting your blood and stuff. I mean, World of Darkness are not necessarily post-apocalyptic games, though. Mm. I mean, I've been in some that have been kind of peri-apocalyptic. Okay. Yeah. 
like although I don't know, maybe more maybe it's more like a Numenon situation. Because hmm. yeah, like the old world of darkness was very like the apocalypse was coming, so I guess you could be preparing for it by spraying graffiti everywhere, doing it preemptively. Yeah. I don't know. Isn't isn't sort of the pitch of the concept? The idea that, like, when you're playing, like, Left for Dead, you'll find mm. dumb graffiti of people being, like, hell is empty and all the monsters are here. And then other people who are, like, chill out <laughs> or have, like, scribbled, <laughs> like, be cool, dude. It's just the apocalypse. Stuff like that. So your arch nemesis is the person following around spraying, like, comedic graffiti to riff on your ominous graffiti. I mean, that's the one I would be. I would not be the <laughs> one spraying, like, dead inside. I would be the one writing under that. Um, also, some cool wallpaper. <laughs> just so that you know. Because it's not, you, you know, there's more than just dead inside, you know? Hmm. So like it's are... possibly a party of people going around trying to, like, unesthetic the apocalypse? Maybe. Like, like... I mean, you think you have to have both, right? Yeah, there's five factions, each of which has a different post-apocalyptic aesthetic. <laughs> okay. Now and it's a now... World of Darkness game. <laughs> <laughs> and also all of them spend their time angsting and listening to the cure. <laughs> Once again, just describing my normal life pre-apocalypse. <laughs> I think, yeah, so I think if, yeah, if you're doing it in a World of Darkness setting, obviously you'd have to have, yeah, five different factions, each of which have a different post-apocalyptic aesthetic, uh, and then they each have a different sort of theory of how to graffiti and what the best way to graffiti is. So, like, you're going to have, you're going to have the classic graffitos who are like, no, we're, we're sharing information. You know, the supermarket is empty. It's already been looted. Like, you've got, you got to have those people who are, like, mm. doing, doing the work, you know? The yeah, the ones who work. make sense. Yes. Uh, the ones that are, like, the, the, the one that you go to, you're like, oh, here's a supermarket. Where's the tag? Oh, uh, no canned goods left. Uh, mm. freezer, freezer section <laughs> obviously ended. I, 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 I imagine it's a non-public supermarket. It's just... Spray painted on the walls, uh, out of ice cream. Yes, yeah. <laughs> ice cream machine broken. <laughs> yeah. Just on every McDonald's. Every single one in the post-apocalypse. Yes. That that's part of this that's part of this tribe is like they go city to city and make sure everyone knows that this ice cream machine is also broken. They live in hope of one day finding the fabled fixed ice cream machine. <laughs> yes, the whole that land. will save the world. The golden arches they they are so desperately seek. <laughs> yeah, so that's got to be one tribe. But then you also have yeah, you have to have the tribe that's like the emo group, who's mm. who is just like writing like Bo Baudelairean poetry yeah. everywhere, so that they everybody knows that this is a really sad bummer apocalypse. Yeah. I'm presuming then by extension, you have the ones who are writing like the more light-hearted things so that people don't think it's too much of a bummer of an apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. it's basically the people who were on the subreddit uh, Third Sentence Happy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny... That's one of those Reddit sub subreddit titles where you're like, oh, I know exactly what the vibe is on this mm -hmm. one. <laughs> yes, it's like that. It, it, you have to have somebody... You have to have, like, a squad of people on their razor scooters 
driving from section to section, finding the, the saddest, most weepy poetry and just being like, cool it. Like, hey, hey, touch grass, that sort of thing. <laughs> but there is no grass. The zombies destroyed it all. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't the human zombies, though. It was the goat zombies. They really... <laughs> they <laughs> We did never specify it was human zombies here. It's just it's the hum it's the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, that usually implies humans, but it just it could it could just be any kind of animal, right? I mean, you know, lots of things die. Lots, but also like during <laughs> also like during lockdown, didn't Clendidno get taken over by the local goats? Oh, did it? So it could happen. It could happen, and if there were any animal. That would zombify and destroy the world. It would be either goats or rats. Mm -hmm. That's two of the other factions. <laughs> the goats and the rats? So it's a five-faction game. You've got the, the helpers, the poets, and uh, I don't know what the third group would be called. Just the Razor Scooter Squad. And then, and then the goats and the rats. <laughs> the, their graffiti is more conceptual. It's, most, it's a lot of um, blackout poetry. Or they just kind of <laughs> eat the bits of science. <laughs> okay, I love that. Yes. It's part of the zombie apocalypse is that they've gained some, some amount of sentience. Or do we think this is like when you give an elephant a paintbrush and they, they kind of I scribble? Like, I, like I think the think... goats are sentient. The okay. rats, it's coincidence. Terrifying. I, I like to think that they are sentient in the area of blackout poetry, but otherwise mm. still normal goats. Okay. Like they're goats, but they are just only aware of experimental poetry methods. Well, I love that for them. Yeah. That's what that's what being turned into a zombie does for you. <laughs> this is a this is a kind of an okay apocalypse, it seems yeah. like. <laughs> okay. That's a good faction. And then you could play you could play as like one of the rats. I assume rat graffiti is the worst thing that a human could experience i'm trying i'm thinking back to new york and i'm being like what have i ever seen anything in new york that constitutes rat graffiti um but i think it would just be like scratches little mouse little rat foot scratches and then like a lot of rat feces which is unfortunate because so, like you know apocalypse you have like scratch marks on everything presumably yeah. by someone going around making them and yeah. it's the same but it's all just little rat scratches Exactly. And they're really small and cute, but you can't help but look at them and be like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. There's been a <laughs> lot of rats here. There have been a lot of rats here. A lot of zombie got, rats. I've got a pretty good apocalypse going. Yeah, it's yeah I to play this game. <laughs> yeah, which I'm pretty sure is the point of this podcast. Oh, good. Okay. Is this too good, though? Should we make it bad? Or are we playing in the probably good aspect of the spectrum? <laughs> You make it bad again by making it so you can only play as rats. No! And you're trying to bring down the other factions, presumably. But you are still rats, so you're only I'm able so to do things a rat would be able to comprehend. Oh, man. All right. Well, this just this stopped being a full system and just became like a one-page, one-shot RPG game. <laughs> that I would still play because it is still fun. Hmm. I mean... I'm sure if we sent it to, like, Onyx Path, they're out of ideas already. They'll make our <laughs> apocalypse aestheticing. 
maybe maybe reach out to Grant Howitt and see if he's mm. <laughs> he's accepting <Yeah>. ideas. <laughs> put this in put this in the next vampire game in place of vampires. People it it'll be an innovative new direction. They'll love it. People will love it. For sure. But yeah, so now that we've created the perfect RPG, we should probably move on to questions. Okay. That was said in a slightly weird voice, but that's what you're <laughs> getting, guys. Possibly it's the kidnapping, but who can say? Um, our first question is anonymous. Could you defeat Strahd by making him pull from the deck of many things? Um, uh, like... Okay, so the, the, the premise here is that you're asking if these are things that actually exist in the RPG world? Mm. Like D&D specifically, or...? Like, I would assume D&D specifically, although I think more games should have the deck of many things just randomly stuck into it. Oh, I agree. I love a deck of many things. I love any chaos element in a, mm -hmm. a, an RPG game. Uh, but I guess I'm asking, is there, are you asking, is there a factual answer to this, or are we spitballing? Like so, there's never like... a factual answer on this show. <laughs> so what I am doing, and you two can do what you like, but what I am doing. Sorry, that was said with way too much arrogance. <laughs> what I'm doing, single-handedly <laughs> carrying this medium, uh, is I'm going through the deck of many things to see which ones would actually defeat Strahd. Um, I, I think do like a question we need to ask first. Isn't like, would it work in terms of the end goal, but? Strahd is ancient and powerful. Hmm. He probably knows what the deck of many things is. How do you convince him to actually pull from it? Ooh, well, that's fake, the first step. Put it in a fake magic gathering like box. Uh, or um, just offer to play cards with him, like yeah. a deck of cards. Just like be like, if I beat you at poker, uh, I can leave. If you beat me at poker, you, you kill okay. me. <laughs> yeah, like I think you need to. I feel like, to be fair, if you go up to a deck of cards and go, pick a card, any card, they'll assume you're doing a magic trick. But would Strahd fall for that, or would he just bite you? Well, it would depend on how well you rolled on your bluff yeah. check, and how well he rolled on his sense motive check. <laughs> but I think there are some cards, I, th I bet there are some cards that could destroy him. But I think... Yeah, I think you'd have to be an actual magician. You would have to be so lucky. I mean, there, there is one that just fully banishes your soul to another dimension, isn't there? There like, you go! Several, yeah, there's several just kill you. The one that I think is funniest is all forms of wealth you own are lost to you. And you cast it. <laughs> <laughs> Strahd is now, like, has to get a, like, nine-to-five job at the local Dairy Queen. <laughs> that will not defeat him though and he will still suck your blood so yeah, like, you'll, you'll have made him very unhappy which is my aim for all antagonists in a game okay you're not trying to defeat him you're just gonna you're just trying to make their lives worse okay okay i like the yeah a, 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 a spiritual defeat a moral defeat Okay. Well, in that case, yeah, I think that card could do it. I think, I think there are, I mean, there are definitely cards in the deck of many things that could defeat Strahd. I think statistically, I, I don't know if there are enough that I would be willing to risk it. 
Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of them, like, the next, if Strahd single-handedly defeats the next hostile thing he encounters, he gains an extra level. The next hostile thing he encounters is you. And given yeah, that that's... all you're doing is trying to play card games with him, he's probably going to get another level. Hmm. So you've just made uh, everything worse for everyone there. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. Strahd, Strahd gets a castle. Yeah, he could. He could get the. He could get a wish. Which is not going to do you any good. He, he could, could get, get followed chick. around by an avatar of death, which would at least be an interesting fight to watch. Like, he probably knows the avatar of death, though, right? They're probably like think, friends, right? You think they're just like old schoolmates? Yeah, they're like, <laughs> like buddies. So, like, comes out of the grave, and it turns out they were in the same like frat club at uni. Yeah, I'm saying it's like you're summoning his college roommate. That's not helpful. <laughs> But what if they didn't get on at college? Oh, they were college roommates and they hated each other. What, like, if it's Strahd's, like, bitter ex or something, then you probably have a decent chance. Okay. And isn't, isn't exes kind of a part of Strahd's whole deal as well? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Strahd does spend all of his time failing to date people. I mean, he's a very relatable character, we can mm. all agree. D&D lets you live out your wildest fantasies, like <laughs> having a relationship or being happy. That was... Hey. Anyway, moving on. Summon X, I, I do think, would be a very powerful spell, though. Mm. Just in D&D &D in general, the amount of people that have tragic backstories. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think you have Summon X, and then Summon Strahd's X specifically. I don't know why that's a level up. It's less useful. <laughs> but or, I guess it's... If you cast it normally, you can summon your ex, but if you upcast it, you can summon someone else's ex. Mm. Oh, God. I think you've just, like, a sword of summon ex where every time you, like, stab someone, their ex appears. This benefits <laughs> no one in any way. It is... I mean, possibly one... the ex, depending on how it ended. True. <laughs> what if it was, like, an ambiguous wand of summoning x but you never see it written down and so sometimes it just makes like a big x on the ground so that you can find your treasure later and sometimes it summons uh, a former partner of yours that you may or may not have a good relationship with and sometimes it tweets <laughs> yes this is the worst item congrats we're back into probably bad territory there we go. this is the magic <laughs> item that strahd gets from like the deck of many things <laughs> and it does defeat him. Yeah. Twitter has defeated many people. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think we answered that question. Yeah. Can you defeat Straw by having him pulled from the deck of many things? You'd summon his ex. Okay. Sometimes the yeah. answer is just maybe. <laughs> the answer to every question is just maybe if you're unintelligent enough. Um... Anyway, next question is anonymous again. Uh, and also long. Okay, so I'm planning on having dice rolls be diegetic for my character. How would that work exactly? Would it be every time dice are rolled, they just go, what the fuck is that noise? Or I misunderstand the word diegetic. Also, if that is how it works, what direction would the sound come from? Is it from whatever the equivalent of coordinates 000 would be, or just generally up or something else? 
I mean, diegetic usually refers to sounds, but it can also just refer to things mm. existing in the world. When you when you started the sentence, I was like, oh, they're like a gambler and they have dice. And so they have, it's like a two-faced situation, right? Where mm. it's like, before you take any action, you roll a dice to see yeah. w what action you take. Like that is like, that is two-faced's actual bit. So mm. you could do it, have a diegetic in that sense. If it, but you could also just, you could just be like haunted by like and the ghost of some it. dice that you destroyed. <laughs> I, I what was the dice's unfinished business? Um, just uh, killing you by rolling a lot of ones. <laughs> I just thought this idea that we just casually offhandedly went, oh yeah, dice are sapiens, have souls, and go to the afterlife. <laughs> I, that came, I was just reading an SCP, uh, a joke SCP about some dice that uh, have mystical properties, and if you threaten to put them in dice jail, the, those properties change. So I think this was just top of mind. Hmm. Yeah, all uh, dice can feel pain. That's canon. Yeah, and so when you throw them on the ground in order to get a number off of it, you're kind of being a monster. No wonder you're being haunted by dice. Um, yeah. I think I do like the idea of like rolling in character... Not just to decide what you will do, but to see how well you do. Because it raises so many questions. <laughs> like, if you roll in character for insight, then surely if you roll badly, you know that you've insighted wrong? <laughs> and this raises a lot of questions. You've really raised the bar on metagaming. <laughs> but this is, this is a, that's a really fun concept for like a one-shot or a joke character where you're like, the character, not that they know they're in a D&D &D game, but they are, like, cursed to follow the results of the dice they roll. And so mm. even if they're, like, a really competent, like, rape, like fencer, if they roll a two on their attack, they have to be like, oh, I'd stab at the swish, swish. And then they have to, like, purposely do a bad job. I think that's really funny. Maybe, like, a follower of the god of gambling or something. Yeah. Uh, or fate or probability or mm. like a god of luck or a god of fate make but a god of probability seems really weird as a concept why i don't know i think it's just they sound incredibly nerdy but <laughs> i feel like it belongs in the gravity falls version dungeons mm. dungeons and more dungeons that <laughs> yes. has to have a god of probability <laughs> absolutely yes that, that well, yeah. fits in very perfectly. I like to have like a quest to discover why I fail everything I do one time out of Trent twenty, no matter how good I am at it, <laughs> and the and why I sometimes why I succeed at everything one time out of twenty, no matter how bad I am at it. Do you not feel like that is how your real life is? I mean, the failure part, yeah. Like <laughs> I think my player needs to roll more natural twenties. Okay. Well, I mean, I like the, this isn't what you're suggesting, but I do like the idea of, I mean, there are some games that do this. Burning Wheel has like an advancement system where mm. if you use a skill a lot, you unlock like tests in that basically. And then like the more often you use it and the more difficult ways you use it, the better you are at it. So it is, it like mm. mimics the process of actually growing and learning as a person i kind of wish and that's one of my favorite things about burning wheel but i do like this idea that like, 
in D and D, you could get to a point where you've mastered, I don't know, oratory or something so well that it's impossible to get ones anymore. Mm. But that's also boring because it's not as chaotic. (laughs) I mean, you've mostly now just reminded me that I really wanted to play Burning Wheel and then the game group fell apart. It sounds so good. Everything I hear about it. (laughs) It has a lot of fun mechanics. It also has a lot of weird mechanics. Uh, It's a pretty gritty system. But I do, like, just going back to the question, I am intrigued by the idea that whenever you try to do something, you might fail you just hear a die noise. And I think my main question is like, mm. is this just the one character that this is affecting or is this just a fact of life? Like you try and do something mm. and then you hear a die noise and you're just like, oh guys, I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> that would be really funny. That would be a funny kind of curse. I do. Yeah, I love you as someone who's like um, able to tell that they're having to roll for this. And they're like, um... Maybe we should step back a bit. <laughs> yes. That, a special kind of foresight, like an oracle with a, a special homebrew foresight where you hear you hear a, a maybe not a dice sound, but maybe just a trombone going wah, wah, and you're like, uh-oh, uh-oh, <laughs> danger is afoot. I'm not sure whether or not every time you're about to fuck up, you hear a trombone is a curse or not, but it is like... <laughs> It would be a fun variation on the spell augury. Yes, yeah. Or or what if, I mean, here's another pitch for a one-shot joke character. You, your single character is the main character of a sitcom, and so you hear, like, laugh tracks, you hear audience going, ooh, and somebody's being saucy. Uh, like, you hear all these sound effects, but nobody else can, and it is just the worst. <laughs> Oh, that's... Because we were talking about meta-curses on a, an episode not that long ago, and this feels like a very good one. Yes, that would be a fun one. Especially if you were doing a podcast and then could just insert all those sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I like the um, idea of this character being a Kenku, and like when they hear it, they just mimic it for the rest of the party to hear. <laughs> that's cool. That's a fun concept. I- a Kenku who can only speak in things they've heard the players and GM saying out of character because they can play <laughs> the game group. Uh, this doesn't why they fun. can't hear the real world, but... I think I said D&D is the real world and our world is the same <laughs> one. I mean, it, for it the is. Kenku it is. Yeah, for it being played. That. Yeah. yeah. I like uh, that, I though, because a... the DM and, and players are just like fundamentally more powerful in the D&D world than the characters are. Yeah. So maybe their sounds are easier to imitate somehow. They're like magically imbued. Mm. Yeah. That is a fun meta curse. Yeah. Uh, I had a I had a vampire the masquerade character that I played once that I named god did I just name her echo I think I just named her echo her her thing was that she could every day she lost language she could only repeat words that people had said to her uh which was really fun in like an actual like a lie a larping situation because the more you talk to people the more you could talk back to them but you could only you, you had to like keep a, I had to keep a running tally of what words people had and had not said to me and what words I could and could not say back to them uh it was really fun 
It sounds fun, but exhausting. Uh, it was just fun for me, but we didn't LARP very long, so that might be why. <laughs> I think we answered that. Next question. That's all our questions. We've okay. solved everything. Good. D&D's perfect now. You're welcome. Yeah. But because this is the 100th episode, we have a game for you. Probably bad, or probably real. We have 10 RPG ideas. Excellent. Okay. And all you have to do is identify whether they are from real published pay money for this RPGs. Okay. Or from the Tumblr blog, probably bad RPG ideas. <laughs> Which everyone should obviously follow if they're listening to this. Absolutely. Are you ready? I am ready. I'm so ready. Wear cows whose function in society is as matchmakers. <laughs> probably bad. That's probably real. That's World of Darkness. <gasps> oh, is it? What? Which system? Werewolf the Apocalypse. I can't remember okay. what it's called, but um, yeah, one of the extinct species of weird creatures is weird cows whose job was to ensure that people got into relationships that Aww. Gaia wanted them to be in. How did they go extinct? Uh, werewolves killed them all because they were tired mm. of having weird cows telling them who to date. No. <laughs> Oh, that's tragic. There's there's a moral there somewhere. <laughs> mm. Number two. If, if Cthulhu can be summoned by humans who are so far beneath it, why can't humans be summoned by ants? <laughs> Is... Okay. I'm gonna say probably bad because that is such an internet thing that uh, I don't think it exists in a, a a real thing that is probably bad okay okay and it, like did have the fun discussion of like to be fair if you went downstairs and there were a bunch of ants swarming around saying your name and leaving offerings you probably would go and see what was going on which yeah is how yeah. i like to think summonings work i guess so but i would assume that ant rituals would be unparsable to me Mm. I think I think ant rituals would not look like anything other than ants doing some weird ant bullshit. If there's any, any ants listening to this, please let us know. <laughs> Number three. You start your high fantasy game in a tavern. End it in a tavern. The whole game takes place in a tavern. This is a real... I'm pretty certain this is a real like one-shot RPG, isn't it? I mean, we had it as probably bad, but it might also nope. be a real, a real one-shot, to be fair. I mean, it should be. If it's not already, it should be, and somebody should make it. The whole, the dungeon, the dungeon is the tavern, or the tavern is the dungeon. An extra-dimensional tavern? Or is it just, you've got, like, an orc army and the dragon, but they're all in a normal small tavern? I mean, the, the first one you mentioned is, like, a part of the Sandman lore. Hmm. Mm. Right? There's like the tavern, the tavern, is tavern at the end of the world? Or am I thinking of Hitchhiker's Guide? That there is a magical tavern in Sandman. Yeah, yeah, where, where the, the, some people get lost and they hear mm. a bunch of stories about like the, the um, necropolis and things like that. 
Uh, so maybe it's that kind of vibe. But I, I do also like the idea of people going into a dungeon and discovering a tavern <laughs> just in the middle of the dungeon and being like, oh, okay, I guess we'll get another quest here. <laughs> to level up, you must take an exam out of character. <laughs> Layer it on. More meta. More meta. Is that probably bad or probably real? Uh, oh, that was another one? Okay, sorry. Mm -hmm. Repeat it. Give it to me again. Number four. Level up. You must take an exam out of character. I think that's probably bad. It's from the game Continuum. Oh, man. I am not good at this game. Continu never, I've never heard of Continuum. It's, well, that's probably because it's a game where to level up, you have to take an exam out of character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. It's a game about time travel. Um, and yeah, to level up, you have to recite sections of the rule book from memory and if you make any Ugh. mistakes you lose the xp <laughs> so that's probably why you've never heard of it yeah that's a funny concept but um it's not much more than that mm -hmm. hmm. number five is cthulhu's good twin who is shiny and made of gold um probably bad it it says it's in Call of cthulhu <laughs> It is in oh, Call of it? Cthulhu. Its name okay. is Kafanid. Um, hmm. Yeah, it's Cthulhu's good brother who shows up to help people sometimes. Mm, that's weird. Feels like antithetical to the concept of the Great Ones, but that's fine. That's I guess you gotta pad out your full RPG. <laughs> yeah, I feel it is. We, we really need more, more Great Old Ones. <laughs> Next is you only get one PC ever Ooh, um this is probably real it's called real life <laughs> it's called the the world that we live in you get one pc uh you what what is that phrase you only get one pc <laughs> yeah, I believe that. that is a probably bad rpg idea from may 2020 in case you're wondering about the mindset there. <laughs> the vibe uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> well I think we're both right on that one. <laughs> mm. Insofar as real life is a probably bad idea, yeah. <laughs> Any typos on the character sheet are permanent. Ooh. I think that's probably bad, but that's really funny. That is probably bad. Okay. The reason why I think that is because I don't know a lot of people who still use paper, <laughs> paper character sheets. So <laughs> you sussed that one out. I use my little logic brain. <laughs> you ready for number eight? Yes. A game where you play as bugs going through a philosophical labyrinth. <laughs> it's just a just a reference to ants. Uh, I'm gonna say probably real because I want this to be real. Probably real. It... We've played. We've played it. Oh, mm. how was it? It was something. Yeah. It. Yeah, the game's called Numenon, and I feel it's one of those ones that will either be your favourite game or you will despise every second of it. Okay, okay. Yeah, you are you are put in a philosophical labyrinth that represents the mind of God, and you must uncover its secrets to transcend to a higher plane of dimensions, though, so you're a beetle. That's awesome. And also strangely appropriate to a bunch of circles. There are a bunch of... Uh... A bunch of ants circling up to commit a ritual to, to contact yeah. a human. <laughs> at, at the end of it, you just summon the GM into the game. 
<laughs> was it fun? Was it a good game? Do you recommend it? I liked it. I recommend it if you're playing with people you know quite well. Okay. I feel like it would be frustrating if you if you had no idea how people would react to things. Okay. Okay. I can see that. In a third alignment axis of carnage, neutral, and hijinks. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> a third alignment axis of carnage, neutral, and hijinks. I think this is probably bad. It's probably bad. Okay. <laughs> they refuse to put fun alignments in the game. <laughs> they should, though. I, I don't think it's canon, but I feel like it's fanon for people to be like, and uh, I'm I'm chaotic neutral, parentheses, hijinks. <laughs> Lawful good, parentheses, minor hijinks. Hijinks <laughs> like, light. Lawful it's like good astrology. would be interesting. <laughs> Yes. That would be fun. That would be tricky to, to suss out how to mm. do that. I think that's like a paladin class. <laughs> yeah. Oath of Carnage. <laughs> so the last one. If you talk to people, roll to see if the GM takes control of your character and makes them do something stupid. Ooh, I think that's probably real. That is real. That is from Scion. Ha! Huh. Is it yeah. like a curse or? So the premise of Scion is you are a god. And as a god, you're sort of wrapped up in the, you're like affected by the belief of, belief of other people, which isn't unreasonable. But the way they do it mechanically is any time you interact with anyone, you need to roll to avoid your character being compelled to act according to their belief regarding you. Mm, which... Oh, that's cool. Yeah, which is one of those things that's very cool in concept, but it gets very annoying if you try and actually play the game and have a <laughs> character who does anything other than sit on their own in their room. Yeah, I can see how that would be difficult to implement in a useful or interesting way, especially if it's every time you talk to somebody. Yeah, I think yeah, I think they did like release patches of like maybe it shouldn't be every single person you talk to. <laughs> Still, you know, sometimes it's fun to come up with a concept and just experiment with it. And that's what mm. that sounds like it is. So you, uh, you, you got five out of ten. Okay. All right. That, that feels okay. Feels statistically correct <laughs> for, for all guesses. Average. <laughs> Probably not a high enough score to be released from the recording booth, but what? Oh, no. <laughs> Listen, just call the cops. I promise I won't. I'll let them know that you were helpful. I won't implicate you two. Um, so thank, thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you for having me on, y'all. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash probablybadrpgideas for a Discord server, bonus episodes, homebrew, uh, one-page RPGs, all sorts of shenanigans. And if you have a question, you can message Probably Bad RPG Ideas on Tumblr, Bad Probably on Blue Sky, or Probably Bad Podcast at gmail.com. Jenna, apart from in this recording booth, where can people find you? <laughs> uh, I do a comedic actual play time loop 
Pathfinder podcast called Burnt Cookbook Party, which is a lot of fun and very funny, and I highly recommend it. I also stream regularly on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the underscore Jenna. And you can find my YouTube channel. I do video essays on video games and horror and media and internet just whatever catches my eye and that is youtube.com slash at the jenna i believe is what it is i can never remember that one because youtube urls are weird but if you just search jenna steber or the jenna you should be able to find me so all that remains is to try and release jenna and please and to say remember to have a probably bad day Help me! Oh.